Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast, equipping men for growth in your faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. Check out menofiron.org to learn more about how you can get involved in or support the vision of changing a culture one man at a time. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, Chad Zook. Have you ever had an idea that you wondered if it was a God idea or if it was just your idea? Have you ever had this this inkling or this this desire to do something and yet you were stuck because you were trying to figure out, is this just about me or is this about what God wants for me or through me? Of course, this is the important thing to talk about because if we're going to have a God-sized vision, we have to unpack a lot of things for us to understand what it is that's driving our behavior, and what it is that we're supposed to do. This is episode 88 of the Men of Iron podcast, and today's guest is Mitch Muller, and we're talking about getting a God-sized vision. Men of Iron exists to change a culture one man at a time. We believe strongly in the power of mentorships and accountability. If you'd like to know more about the movement that we call Men of Iron, go to menofiron.org. You will be able to see some things to help you individually, also to help you as maybe as a group study, maybe just for you to just gather resources. We have all of that and so much more at menofiron.org. And also we have an opportunity in there to connect with someone at the Men of Iron team to maybe bring some of these principles a little bit closer to home and for you to apply and create a strategy for your life and also for the lives of the men around you. Again, that's menofiron.org. Today on the Men of Iron podcast, I've Mitch Muller. Mitch Muller has been an online fitness coach for eight years He is amassing a small or large army on social media, of which he talks about faith and fitness. He has 200,000 followers on TikTok and 39K on Instagram. Welcome to the show, Mitch. Hey, I appreciate it, Chad. I appreciate you being here. I've been following your stuff for a little while now, and it's been uh, exciting to see, you know, our audiences kind of like merge. It's like we're kind of going after the same mission, and I'm excited to be here, so I appreciate it. Yeah, I love that in a previous conversation, kind of prepping for the show today. I, I love the fact that you and I, we definitely are, are of the same mission and movement. And it was it's really cool. I always like to collab with like-minded people. We speak the same language. We're going yeah. the same direction. And I think it's refreshing for the audience, too, to know, hey, we're not in this alone. There's actually a lot of other like-minded men around the country, around the world. And it just helps me as me individually. It helps me to be able to lean into these types of conversations to say, you know what? There's something that's really good. This is not, uh, you know, I'm not alone in this journey. We're in this and, and I have something to learn from you. And the audience has something definitely to learn from this conversation. So I'm looking forward to it and we're going to jump right in. So I give just a, a, a 30,000, maybe 50,000 foot view of who mm-hmm. you are. And you teach people through social media. And I made reference to that through your, your platform on TikTok and also on Instagram. Talk about how you do that. So it's been... My what God has done through me over the years has been really interesting because it started off small and then he started to kind of well, as he grew me, he started to grow my audience and he started to almost like evolve the way that I would teach. And I think a lot of that uh, came down to hearing his voice and understanding that, which I'll talk about here soon. But my overall, how I've gone about teaching, um, a lot of it started on Instagram. I mean, obviously it's like Instagram today isn't what it was, you know, 
a while ago, back when I was at, you know, 10,000 followers, 20,000 followers, like the engagement was ridiculous. Like there was, you know, thousands of likes per picture, lots of comments, lots of engagement, like that back in the day, you know, that's when it was, it was really, really good on there. And I was like, okay, you know, God's really doing something. And I wanted to, I saw a lot of people that were either in the, like the faith space. So they're teaching or they're preaching, whatever. And as my story, I never thought I would be a, a preacher or anything like that, or a pastor or whatever. Um, I saw people that were kind of secluded themselves in that area. And then of course me coming from the fitness industry, there was a lot of fitness guys doing their fitness thing, but I was just like, God, I feel like you gave me bodybuilding. You gave me fitness as something, as a passion that I love and I absolutely love to do, but I also love you. I also like, I, this is my life. This is just who I am. So I felt like he was telling me to just share who you are. If this is a part of your life, which it is, just share that and other people will start to notice it and be like, you know what, here's another guy that actually has a following that I can relate with on that, on that level that, oh man, he loves going to the gym and all that stuff. Oh, maybe it's okay to go to the gym and work out and look good and all those things and still be a believer at the same time. Like, yes, a hundred percent it is. It's like God gave me bodybuilding, but he gave, he may have given someone else music or art, or maybe they like to work on cars or something like that. It's like, yeah, okay. It's, it's worldly normal things, but he gave us passions, I believe for a reason. And I always believed from young age that he, when he gave me fitness, that he would use me in this field to bring the good news of Jesus to the people of like of this industry, which I hadn't seen before. So it was cool over the years of being able to see more and more people do that same thing. And I was like, this is awesome, man. I love seeing more people in the fitness industry kind of rise up and just share their faith. Because after all, at the end of the day, like I had a conversation, for example, with a business coach of mine. And I told him, I was just like, I, I want to teach guys how to build muscle. I want to create that flagship program, which I did and all those things. But after a while, it's like, I can make good money and have a, a lot of guys in the program, but it wasn't fulfilling my mission. My overall mission was to lead other, you know, men to Christ. So I started to infuse that into the program kind of thereafter and the guys loved it. And now I'm in the process of doing, you know, all that over again, which I'll talk about soon. But uh, it's it's really interesting how God has done that, that kind of growth in me over time and and shown me when I when I talk to my um, to my business coach, I'm just like, man, I have to put this other stuff on the back burner because there's things that are way more important. And that's what I call like the what I, I share in my book, it's uh, the context of kingdom purpose. Mm -hmm. And it, it always comes down to like what, what I do has to come in that context of like, of the kingdom of bringing people to Jesus and stuff. I can't just teach guys how to, you know, look good in the mirror, build muscle and all that. Like you can't take it with you. Like this mm -hmm. thing leads to the next thing. And that's what it is. It's like, this is just a platform to, help these men grow into the men that they're supposed to become and their overall purpose of what God has called them to. So in a nutshell, with all the, the social media stuff, that's kind of like where it's, where it's all stemmed from. God has grown me in so many ways throughout the years. And, you know, and then this year just happens to be TikTok. You know, I, uh, I had a buddy trying for a long time to convince me, bro, get on TikTok and all that. And he, <laughs> I just thought it was, you know, girls dancing around and stuff. That's all I thought TikTok was. And he showed me that the, the faith, like fitness, the faith and fitness side of TikTok were very, very big. And there was a lot of people teaching and preaching on there. And he's like, dude, just take the content that you already have and put it on this platform. And I guarantee it'll blow up. And he was right. 
he was right. It was, you know, it took three months and hit 200,000. I think I'm at 208 right now. And it's like, you know, it, the content may slow down. I fully expect that it might do the same thing that Instagram did. It's like the, I feel like people like us that are, that are preaching the word are getting censored. I've already had a video of mine taken down, but by the goodness of and grace of the Lord, it got put back up within about a week. And that video took off and it now has 1.5 million views on it. So like God is good. It's like what, what the enemy meant for harm. God's like, Nope, I'm putting this back up on there. And it's what caused my page to blow up. That video alone got me a hundred thousand followers just by itself. So, That's and it's not powerful. like, it's like, you know, man, the, the followers don't mean like anything. It's, it's, if they, if their lives are transformed right. or something changes because of, of something that the Holy spirit speaks through me, that's, that's the goal. So at the end of the day, I hope there's like a long winded answer to your question. That's kind of the, the, the journey that God has taken me at least through social media. Well, it's the kingdom purpose thing that you mentioned. I want to mention or talk about two different things, alignment. Because what you had talked about before is you were doing the fitness side, but you weren't aligned with your with the faith element, which is which then it leads you into the kingdom purpose, the terminology you used and, and you said you're going to use in your book. And I think this is a, a stumbling block for a lot of guys. I think a lot of guys, they do a bunch of things, but they're not aligned. They haven't they haven't brought their faith into what they're doing. I, I love how you're doing that, because let's be honest. I mean, I'm I go to the gym. I was at the gym this morning at 630. And so I go to the gym on a regular basis and it's kind of a bastion for vanity. Let's be honest. It really is. You go to the gym and it's, it's selfie, this it's taking a picture, it's flexing this and all that. And okay, all that stuff's fine. But what you said was really the key, I think is none of that. You don't take any of that with you. It's, yeah. it's okay to feel good. It's okay to look good. But yet when our, when our feeling and, and our looking good becomes the most preeminent thing about us, yeah. we need to align. We need to be aligned with our faith and let our faith be out front. And you certainly do that with your mm -hmm. message. Let me ask you this, just talking about alignment and kingdom purpose. So if there's a guy out there and who is who's kind of struggling with kingdom purpose and alignment, and maybe he needs some traction in this, you know, in, in with what he's doing. He's like, he's just living his life and his faith is going in a certain way and he works and he's, he's trying to maintain a family and do all these things, trying to do all the right things, but yet his faith is not aligned. How can you help equip that guy to have a better kingdom purpose? Well, that's where they have to, any, any man that has that, and I could speak this from my own experience because I was this man of where like anything that I teach, I feel like. God, it's like he had already done this in me. I can't, I can't teach this stuff or talk about this stuff unless God has already personally done this in me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the first thing is if a man feels idle and that that's the big thing, if they feel like lukewarm or idle, I feel like that's really the audience that I go after because mm -hmm. it's like, that was me. All of us as men, I feel like go through a season where like, I don't feel on fire for God. I feel like I'm maybe just kind of like going through the motions of my life, maybe going through the motions in the gym as well. Like it goes, it flows into all areas. But if a man has become idle, then I, I feel like the first thing that should happen is a heart check. And that's the first thing that God did for me is to help me understand that, like, I really had a heart of stone. Like I was, I was very prideful with a lot of different things. And it wasn't just like, you know, being proud of the stuff that, that I've done or all these other things. It was just like, almost feeling like as men, we want to conquer things. We want to like accomplish things. We want, if, if we go out and work and we get a paycheck, like I earned that. 
I did those things and all that. But it's like if God gave you the, the grace and the ability and all those things to even work in the first place. So it's like these little shifts mm-hmm. in the mind of where God was just like, I need to have your heart. If I have like, if I can mold that heart of stone into a heart of flesh and like literally break those scales off of that heart, then, then you become like moldable. So it's like, it's basically allowing that to happen. And it was simple as me, like getting a revelation moment of that, of God was like, this is the problem right here. This is the first step of everything that you want to do. Everything I've called you to all that stuff. Like, forget about that. We'll, we'll deal with that later. The first thing I need you to do is be open to me and mending that heart. And that comes with healing from the past as well. There's as men, there are so many things from our childhood that we didn't, we may not even know we're there and that God has to like pull out these weeds And my, in this situation that happened to me like late last year and early into this year where God healed me from a lot of the, a lot of that stuff. He helped me realize that my heart needed to be molded and then he started to pull things out of me. Like literally, it's like, this is all the stuff, the roots in you that don't belong in that. Let's get all that out. Bam, bam, bam. And as a lot of us know, the pruning process is painful. It's not comfortable whatsoever, but it's needed in order for you to grow. Just like a gardener prunes the branches, like in order for it to grow, that's exactly what God did to me. And I feel like he gave me a vision as just kind of paint an example. I woke up one morning with like this just this image in my head. It was just immediate. I didn't dream about it. It was just boom. It, as soon as it, I woke up, it was in my head and it was Jesus standing next to an empty table. And he was, and it's like, I knew what he, he didn't even say it. It's just like, I knew what he was doing immediately in that moment. He said, I want you to take everything that I've given you everything that's been been on your heart the promises that i've given you from like out for a, a wife and a family and your business and all the gym stuff that we'll probably talk about here soon just like the big visions that he's given me he's like i want you to put all of that on this table everything on this table and he's like i'm going to take stuff off i'm going to put stuff on and i'm going to rearrange things in an order that you didn't expect and i was just like okay man this is this is just like a a surrender moment of just like, oh, you have my heart now. I have to surrender all these things, lay them at you know the foot of the cross type of thing and let him organize my life. I can't sit here and try and do you know all of that myself. So that's kind of, I feel like that's how God has, has worked so much in this last season of like, if, 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 because I was idle, because I was stuck in that rut, if I were to give anyone listening to this, like some advice with that is to humble yourself before God and just straight up ask him for, revelation going forward surrender your heart to him like get rid of that pride because i'm telling you pride is I, I i did some studies on this before and it really it was another revelation moment that pride is lust of self mm. and i've never heard anyone else teach it like that way but if you if you think about you know the devil back in you know what's the the first sin that was committed it was through pride and this was like the, the crazy revelation revelation moment hopefully i can voice this correctly it's that if, if pride could cause like the devil of like, or Lucifer or whatever, Hillel, whatever you want to call him from, you know, even from the garden to fall, if, if that was the one thing, the one sin that could cause him to fall, why wouldn't he get you to do the same? Right. If that, if that pride, that lust of self, that, that whatever you want to call it caused all of this destruction Anything that the devil has caused in the spiritual realm, everything all throughout history, all the chaos, all the sin, all the evil, mm-hmm. all of that started with the root of pride. Mm-hmm. So if, if that caused him to fall, why wouldn't he use it to cause you to fall? Like, 
it's, it was such a big revelation moment when God revealed that to me that I'm like pride, like getting rid of that as a man. Like if you want to step into the purposes that God has called you to, and you want to feel on fire again, and you want to just walk in purpose and anything that you do, what God has called you to, that has to be fixed first, a hundred percent. So, yeah. That's solid. I, you know, I was thinking about uh, this quote from John Calvin. It's a, it's a loose quote from John Calvin. It says that the human heart is a, is a factory of idols. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, and that that's just kind of what you're you're talking about of what we do with our heart and, and our heart is naturally going to cultivate certain things. So it's up to us. And what you're saying, Mitch, is it's up to us to humble ourselves, as the word says, humble ourselves before the Lord and he will lift us up. And when we humble ourselves, then we put ourselves in a position to where we can actually trust our ambitions, too. Because mm -hmm. if not, if we if we're just operating on pride, you talked about the original sin, you talked about the, the fall that, you know. Uh, the fall of, of Satan, the fallen angel, whatever terminology, mm -hmm. depending upon your theological realm, uh, exactly. the, of the listener, of that that fall from heaven because, you know, there was the pride. Of course, we're going to be attacked in the same way. And one of the ways that pride, maybe the preeminent way that pride shows up in a man's heart is in idols and mm -hmm. becoming and making things idols. Yeah. And so we need that continual pruning, knowing that the human heart is going to develop in those ways. And I think that that's great. I think of two different phrases. I talked about maybe to help a guy who's listening right now with humility, because we talk about humility a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Humility is, it's the base virtue of every other virtue is what uh, Andrew Murray and other people have said. So if it's the base virtue, I think we need maybe a couple little things to help us. And this is not going to be a complete message, but one of which is if we're going to actually be humble, I think we need to remember who we were before Christ. Mm. That's remember a good one. who we were before Christ. Mm -hmm. We need to remember that. We need to remember that often because mm -hmm. if, if my heart is going to be just creating idol after idol after idol, I have to go back. And what we do is we're drawing to, okay, who we were before Christ, which means, which implies change, which means, which implies salvation in the change that God is making in our lives and has made in our lives. The mm -hmm. second phrase after remember who we were before Christ is look at what God is doing now. Mm -hmm. Look at what God is doing now. Some people call it gratitude. Some people just call it Thanksgiving, you know, not the feast, but, but just the act of Thanksgiving as the Bible talks about. And, and I think one, in one way, what we have to do is we have to recognize who we were before Christ and then also recognize what God is doing now. And to me, those are, are helpful ways and little mantras for me to say, okay, okay, this is humility. You know, and, and when a guy has done this and when a guy has humbled himself, then he can actually trust his ambitions. So let me talk about ambitions for a little bit. We're going to go off script a little bit, but I think this is a really interesting piece, though, because what God started with you and just this idea of kingdom purpose. And and you said at the onset of the conversation, you said that as God has revealed things to you, then because of your revelation and because you personalizing those messages, now you're wanting to take this to the world. Where is where is God's ambition taking you now? Yeah, that's it. I, I laugh first off because it's his. I feel like his vision for my life is so much bigger than what I thought it was going to be. And I feel like for, for anyone watching this, God's plans are always bigger than your plans. Mm -hmm. So 
as I've like humbled myself and became more in tune with his voice by just, it's, it's the simple stuff. It's the fundamentals. It's, it's praying consistently. It's getting in the word and it's all those things. And it's like, do all the stuff your mama told you to do. That's what my mom <laughs> told me to do for the, for, since I was a kid. And I was like, mom was right this whole time. Like if you're in tune with the father, he will like teach you these different things. Mm-hmm. And it's the more I was in tune with him, the more he started to reveal because he's, he can trust me with what he's given me. So it's, you know, it's just, it's just like the, the principle of the talents and all that stuff. It's like, if you give, God will give more to whoever stewards what they have well. Um, and I feel like that's what he was given to me. And he's pointing out these things in my life of, are you, are you stewarding this? Well, like you, you're doing really well in your health. You take care of that. That's easy. But what about your relationships? And you know, what about your finances? What about all these things? And I felt like he was teaching me that, like he gave me the gym and all the, all the fitness type stuff because of the principles that it takes to become a bodybuilder and do all those things and the consistency and feeling uncomfortable every day. That's a big one. Um, all those principles that he taught me in the gym bled over into all the other areas of my life. And he was giving me an example. It was, it was something to use. So he started to give me more and more ambition for the future. I mean, I feel like he knew there's probably a lot of men that resonate with this, that if God tells you to do something or to like go conquer that mountain, I'll conquer that mountain. And then the one behind it. And God's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just thought, I just called you to do that one. The thing is I've already conquered these things. Mm. I've already been in the, God's already set your path. He wants you to be still at times and to hear his voice and to understand that like, it's, it's selfish ambition. That's bad. But I believe God gave us as men, that type of like ambition and it, it gives us excitement. And I feel like I, I did a TikTok about this the other day. I feel like God will, will either reveal one of two things. Either he'll show you the mountain in your future because he knows that it like it excites you or he'll show you the very next step to take. Mm-hmm. And it's like with a personality like mine, I'm very ambitious. I'm very excited about the future and all these things. So hippie shows me the big mountain and reveals someone like, whoa, that's huge. That's amazing. Let's go. It's like my, my first initial thought isn't like, oh my gosh, that's so big. I'm going to get anxiety. I don't know what to do. Like, that's not what's going to happen to me personally. It's like, God's awesome because he uses my personality and what he gave me. And he's like, I'm going to show you the mountain because I know that Mitch is going to get excited about it. He's going to get amped up and everything. I might have to reel him back in a little bit, you know, and that's what he's been working in me. But other guys, he may be like, you know what? I'm just going to show you the very next step. That's all. That's uh, everything that you need to trust me for. Just the very next step, the very next step. And before you know it, bam, there's the mountain. You know, it's like everything else is hidden from you except for those steps. So I feel like that's kind of how he's been for me, at least with the mountain scenario, the mountain example is that he showed me some very big things uh, in my life, especially this year, which has been like, if you, if we had been doing this podcast last year, it wouldn't have been the same. Um, because you know, like late last year, early into this year, it's like, like I shared in my story a little bit, I felt like God healed me from so many different things. I went to this retreat and man, I was like on the floor, like in tears, like God wrecked me completely. It's, um, it was, it was multiple times, but I had multiple people prophesy over me, um, at that time. And a lot of it had come true. But one woman came up to me at a conference and she was about five foot tall. She was just like here. And she put her hand on my chest. Like I was like this, like worshiping my eyes were closed. And she like scared me because <laughs> I felt this hand on my chest and she's like, just Jesus, looking at is me. Is that you? Yeah. I was just like, what, what, what is that? <laughs> and, and she says simply don't stop writing. Wow. And, and, and then she walked away. She didn't even say another word than that. That's, that's literally all she said. And at the time I was for the last year or so, um, I was like, man, I I write a lot of stuff on social media. Um, but at that time I hadn't thought about writing a book yet. 
but I was writing, writing spoken word poetry, which was just another thing that God brought into me that I never thought I would ever do. I saw a video. It was an ad for a, uh, before a YouTube video I was watching one day and the guy was doing spoken word poetry. And I was just like, and God whispered in my ear, you could do that. And, mm-hmm. and I was just like, man, maybe I can take this and put it like with my background and everything and make it awesome, make it empowering, make it motivating, make it stuff that guys can listen to in the gym. It's not just some like some poetry contest of like deep things, but stuff that like people, there's some meat that guys will really be like, man, I love this stuff. So I started to write all that. And it was in those moments and multiple prophecies spoken over me where things started to get birthed in me that I didn't realize were even there. So in this whole season, God held, he pulled a a full spoken word album out of me, which there's 12 tracks on that. That's going to be launched at the end of this year. And then of course, writing the book. And I I was just like, I'm not going to write a book until I'm old. Like, I feel like I'm not even worthy of that. I haven't even learned much. And God's like, everything that I just took you through, other men need it now. The time is short. I need you to do it now. So that's what I started to do. And like, it was literally within an afternoon, I wrote the entire outline of all the chapters of the book based off of everything that God did, did for me in order. Simple as that. And, um, so as far as like what God is doing in me now, that's, there's a lot of that. It's that it's the album. Um, it's the, it's the book it's officially starting my ministry, which a lot of that, I mean, TikTok has, has been a big, um, influence of that, of when someone spoke over me prophetically that God would expand my influence this year and that he, he wants the glory for all of it. And she emphasized all of it. So that's what I've been doing. I got my TikTok not for business, not for any of those other things. It was to simply share the word of God, like, and to teach on these different subjects. So it's like, if you want any of the fitness stuff, go to Instagram. That's, that's where all that stuff is. But TikTok, it's like, this is the Lord's and I'm just going to, I'm just going to let him do whatever he wants to do with it. And it's like all the, the prophecies have come true uh, this year very quickly, which is awesome. I'm, I'm, I, I think we all love when God does stuff quickly, for when sure. he tells us something and, and all that. So that, and he's, He's doing a lot into the future as well. It's like still the, the biggest vision. And I like to, every time I have a chance to share this, I, I, I do is that he gave me a vision for a, a gym or a fitness facility one day that I would open that would bring him tremendous glory. And it's not just a gym that you would think of that you would walk in. It's more of like a, a campus, um, like a very, very large facility where, you know, you just imagine a place of empowerment an inspiration, a place where like people from all walks of life can come in and, and just be empowered and be fed. It's like, we, uh, I think we talked about this before that, like, as we, as humans, we're, we're made up of body, soul, and spirits, so the souls, the mind, will, and emotions. And we're able to, no matter what avenue people come to us in, if they're looking for, you know, the, the spiritual side of stuff, because it's a, it's a gym and a fitness center that's centered around Jesus. If they want to come to us for that, we have that. If they want to come to us as a normal person, that's, you know, with trying to change their fitness goals and their health and all these different things they're come to us through the body Avenue. That's what they want. Um, and if they come to us through the, the, the middle route of like the soul of renewing their mind, the gym is a great place for that. So I'm like, what is the one place in the world that has the potential to renew the body, the soul and the spirit all in the same place? it's a gym that's centered around Christ. And I was like, I've never seen anyone do this before. And I had a conversation with, uh, with my videographer the other day, and I was sharing this vision with him and he's just like, Oh man, this is crazy. And he had all these types of ideas and stuff, because I feel like any of us that are even slightly in the fitness space or all that, even if you're not, you want to be around an environment like that. Something that's just empowering where you just like, I, I don't have to go to the gym. I get to go to the gym today, you know? So that's just a little, yeah, a little vision. God's doing so much and he just keeps expanding on it. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, that whole empowerment piece. I think everybody wants that in every sphere of their life. 
I, mm-hmm. I really do. I think that they want that at work. I think they want that at home. They certainly want that at church. And it's not true of those spaces. And they want it in the gym. It is a place of empowerment. You go to the gym and uh, the times that, you know, you see somebody being encouraged or somebody encourages you or or kind mm-hmm. of motive, helps motivate you. We all have slumps, right? We all have slumps. So I can't wait until that dream uh, comes to fruition mm-hmm. and bring you back on the pod. Maybe if it's, a, you know, if it's in Georgia, because we've talked about that in the past, it's either yeah. in Georgia or Arizona or somewhere. Yeah, we don't know yet. <laughs> if it's in Georgia, I'd love to go up and, and check it out. One of the things I think that, you know, because we've been talking a lot about selfish ambition and, and there's a scripture that talks about selfish ambition and vain conceit. And maybe one of the things, just a way to, to kind of clarify or demystify that phrase. And I think you've done a really good job of explaining your story and, and all of this. And what you didn't say these exact words, but you, you lived into a good answer for this question is who gets the credit? If you want to know, okay, is it selfish ambition? Is it vain conceit? I think it comes down to who gets the credit. You said God told you, God gave you, God empowered you, God motivated you, God inspired, God sent somebody who's prophesying over you. And then you said that God would be glorified in that gym. And I think, you know, for the for the listener, it's who gets the credit? Who gets the credit when you go to work? Who gets the credit when you go to the gym? Who gets the credit when you go for that run? Who gets the credit when you complete that marathon? Who gets that credit when when things are going well at home, when your marriage is going well? Who gets the credit? I think that's the uh, just something bedrock for all of us as we kind of wind down that section of the of the podcast is who gets the credit for your life and who gets the credit for everything that happens in your life. I want to read to you a quote from Ray Kroc, who is uh, I'm, McDonald's. Yeah, he's he's the founder of McDonald's and uh, not a not a great story that Netflix yeah. Special actually tells it interesting, story. interesting, yeah, movie and stuff and everything that, yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, and just the, the 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 way that they show that is makes me never want to eat McDonald's again. Not mm. that I'm like eager to eat McDonald's ever, but <laughs> but because <laughs> of this, but this quote was inspired by Ray Kroc. It's not directly his, but it was inspired by him. So this is this is the quote: "The quality of a man is reflected in the standards he sets for himself." Mm-hmm. I'll say it again. The quality of a man is reflected in the standards he sets for himself. And my question to you, Mitch, is this, what standards do you set for yourself? I, it's, it's really great. I want to give a shout out to, to my buddy, Josh, um, and Kachadorian. I'm going to, I'm going to use his, I have his book right next to me and I know, you know, Josh, um, the standard. Yeah. The great book. St- the standard right here. Yep. The, the amazing book. And, um, it's like God already kind of like started to teach me this. It's one of those things. God will start to teach you stuff on your own when you're willing, um, to learn, but then he'll bring other people alongside to, to emphasize and really nail a point home if he wants you to understand it. And uh, reading that book has actually brought a lot into understanding how Jesus is our standard for, for everything. So it's like my standard comes from what Jesus did and everything that Jesus called us to do, you know, and that's, that's, Something that, um, in in a nutshell, like if I want to put, put out like a blueprint for my life and when anything that God has called me to do, it always comes back to like, am I doing what Jesus told us to do? Am I living, walking a walk that Jesus did? And it's and I think it's all a lot is understanding that um, that a lot of the churches today pull towards the feminine side of things. And I know we talked about this a little bit before and that men don't necessarily like they kind of shy away from what the modern church has been, the way they use words and the way they speak and even worship and stuff like that. But it's understanding this is, uh, I recommend this book completely is because it's understanding that Jesus is 
kind and gentle and all of these different things that a lot of people would associate with the, you know, the feminine characteristics. It's like Jesus is God. So God created male and female. And I believe those characteristics are in his image. It's all of that is encompasses, but like so many of us don't understand like the true masculinity of Jesus and the, the boldness that, that he had and calling out sin and all these different things. And it's like, there's, there's a lot that's on the other side of this coin that it's not just the soft, the gentleness and all these things. It's that, you know, that Jesus was tough, man. He was savage in a lot of different ways, Mm -hmm. but it's like, he was tough on sin, but he was still, you know, righteous and gentle and all that at the same time. So I think as men, it's extremely important to understand all of those things. Like take a step back and seeing all of it in a, in a nutshell, like my standard is based on Jesus. If it's not on Jesus, I don't want it type of thing. Because he's, it's as simple as that. It's like, I'm, I feel like God has given me a gift to take things that are complex and make them very simple. And I feel like that's really all it comes down to is like my, my standard of life and the way that I live is based off of how Jesus was. And we won't know how Jesus was uh, unless we read the word. <laughs> so it, it really comes down to that. Yeah, that's that's really a profound thing. I, I put it down into three different phrases and they're, they're not things I came up with. I don't know where I, I may have been from like Dallas Willard or something. I love the, his his work on spiritual formation. I've read several of his books. He's really inspired me and helped me in many ways. Um, he's passed on now, but his work, you know, I, I think will really be one of the greatest things uh, in this generation. But mm-hmm. So these, these three different phrases, cause you talked about, you know, that Jesus is the standard using Josh's book. And, mm-hmm. and that was your, the answer to the question of what's the standard you set for yourself essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's the life of Jesus. So I, I summarize it in three different ways. Be with Jesus. You'll become like Jesus. Mm-hmm. You do what Jesus did. Yes. Amen. Be mm-hmm. with Jesus, become like Jesus. And do what Jesus did. That is, to me, the standard of masculinity. Not just the not just the the standard of masculinity, but for as a Christ follower. But speaking, mm-hmm. you know, this podcast being for men. So I think that is a standard of masculinity. Mm-hmm. And so I want to I want to switch gears just a little bit because you just mentioned something, and I know that you're passionate about this, like I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So the question is going to be, why is it important that we maintain masculinity and godliness? But I want to inform our conversation with a, a passage of scripture or two, okay? Mm-hmm. So First uh, Timothy 4, 7 through 10 says this, have nothing to do with godless myths or old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. This is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. So the question, informed by that passage, uh, just so the audience and yourself, you know the context of it, why is it important that we maintain masculinity and godliness? Um, I, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind uh, with the, the whole masculinity thing is it's God created like Adam first, and it's the it's the, the image that God created us in. And it, it really all stems back to kind of what I was just going into is just like where the modern day church has kind of taken this. And I feel like the enemy has come in and infiltrated a lot of the church to, to make it that way. Um, you know, I was reading the, the book. I know that you have read is why men hate going to church. And there was a section in it that was talking about how uh, I thought it was really interesting. And God gave me a revelation moment. When I was reading it was saying that all these other religions of the world are dominated by men. The one that isn't is Christianity. 
it's mm-hmm. it's like over time like maybe before it was um but as of right now it's like it, it's not so uh that i was like man that, that's an issue it's like why is the enemy attacked just this it's because there's something here that he doesn't want us to know and he doesn't want us to live out our purpose and as as we are like the head of our family, like, you know, Jesus is the, the, the head of the church and all these things. God has called us as men to that standard. And as, as men, it's like we it still comes back to that standard of doing what Jesus did. And the enemy's goal is to is to get rid of that. It's 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 very obvious in the culture that we live in today to see that that's that's what's happening. He's trying to get rid of the masculinity and and men are becoming passive and and an idol and not stepping into what God has called them to do. So I, I, it's like I believe that that standard of a man, it's 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 all centered around Jesus and that masculinity part. It's not the world definition of masculinity. That's right. that's that's the thing. That's I feel like the biggest thing. It's like oh, a man doesn't cry. A man doesn't do all these things. It's like that's something that I was raised. It's like my 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 dad wasn't a believer. But he it's like he instilled masculine traits in me. But I had to understand over time that a lot of the stuff of like being tough and all these things, it's just like, yeah, there's a there's a level of that. But it's not based off what the world says. It's it's understanding what God says and what like a masculine man is. It's just like and I've gotten this I've gotten so much heat from this from being in the bodybuilding world um, is that, you know, there is a level of like manliness and masculinity that is that we understand when you think of the word masculine it's just like okay a, a strong man or whatever but it's like you don't have to look like a bodybuilder to be masculine and that's where some people i feel like when they see my stuff or whatever they're like oh you just want all all godly men need to look like you no i just think there needs to be more of them like i just think there needs to be more because if there's more like us like just a, as an example like if i when i saw preachers when i was young or or pastors or whatever like teaching they didn't seem masculine to me and this was the beauty. And I feel like how God used my situation as a childhood. My parents split when I was one, like my dad wasn't a believer. My mom was, and she, she takes us to church and all these things. I had the influence from my father to the masculine in every sort of the word, the dude can do anything. He was, he played professional football for a little bit. He was like a, a paramedic. Like he was a, a crazy salesman. Like he was a chef, like this dude did everything. And I was just like, okay, I have this strong masculine figure of like showing me all these things to be tough and to work on cars and to do, you know, all the, all this stuff for yourself. Um, and then I go to church and, and I see the men in the church and even at a young age, I remember I was like seven and I started and I started to recognize all of these things of like, is that the man that I'm supposed to be? Because that doesn't seem masculine to me at all. Like it's uh, why is it not okay to merge these two? Why can I not be like a masculine man lead my family and all those things and love the Lord with all my heart. And, and that's what God started to teach me all that over, over the course of these years. But uh, it's, it's helping guys understand it. Like you don't have to look like that part to be an actual man, like nowhere in the word does it say that, you know, like anything like that. But I, from my, I guess it's like a, a certain bias coming from like, I would like to see more men stand up that are, that are that way. I think it's the characteristics of the man that make him a man according to the standard that Jesus gave. It's not how they physically look. But in my opinion, I was like, there's probably a lot of other guys like me. If there was a guy that was like bigger or that, you know, that had that strong masculine presence, that deep voice, that, that, that power and authority from, from Christ standing up on stage and speaking, I, I personally would be more inclined to listen to that man than some other men. 
simple, as simple as that. And that's, that's really all it boils down to that. I, it's like, I can't be the only one that, that feels that. So that, that masculinity problem, it still, it still comes down to like us becoming more like Jesus, but understanding that there's, there's a lot more to this than, than meets the eye. And it's a, it's a culture issue. It's a big culture issue that the enemy has, has like personally tried to come in and dismantle. Absolutely. And I I think one of the big challenges that we have is the very thing that, that we're to do as men is, is to take initiative. The Hebrew word that's mentioned in, in Genesis one and two, talking about male is the word Zakar. And it is, it, it can be rendered out basically the one who has a tip talking about uh, the, the men's sex, sexual organ, but also mm-hmm. it implies initiation, taking action or leadership or, or utilizing authority. And that's the very thing that I think that, you know, that if we were to see that in, in the spiritual leaders in the church, I think that it would add so much of just really a sense of calm in the church. I think when there's not a strong masculine presence in the church, 100%. it causes the church to be insecure. And if a church is insecure, then there's going to be infighting and we're going to miss what it is that we're supposed to do. Now you get me to preach it. Like, I think this, I think this is so much what we're, what we're Mm -hmm. missing in what this podcast is about. My message, my personal message is about this, that men taking initiative, you know, it's taking initiative to take care of their body. If you want to be a bodybuilder, awesome. Do Mm -hmm. that, do Mm -hmm. that to the glory of God. First current, you know, first Corinthians 10. 31, whatever you, whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God, do that, rock that thing. But at the end of the day, whatever it is that you do, it's to take initiative and then give God the glory once, because he he's given us the the strength. He's given us opportunity. There's nothing in this world that he has not touched and allowed us to do. Mm -hmm. We we're not all a bunch of, of self achievers. We're just simply not. God has conditioned us as individuals and conditioned us in situations to be the people that we are. And I think first and foremost, we need to remember that to give God the glory, because if not, it's going to fall back on us. And then the, the more weight I have on myself, more weight that God's supposed to carry, the, the more I'm going to shrink back from my responsibility, the less I'm going to be masculine, the less I'm going to be initiating and the more insecure people are going to be around me. I think when a man steps into the room, it should bring, and this is my, my personal conviction. I think when a man, a masculine man steps into the room, I think that room is supposed to be more calm and secure, knowing that there's a masculine man present. I 100% believe that. We, it's it's very easy to see that. Just look throughout the course of history and the men that have created change. They stood up there in front of people and they they create they they spoke with conviction. Mm-hmm. They spoke with that that leadership quality and that that inspiration factor and all of those things. Where it's just like, okay, that guy's in control. He's confident in what he's saying. He he actually believes what he's saying. Mm-hmm. We all know this. And then it, it, it eases the minds and people can like, they were sitting up in the chairs. Maybe they can sit back and relax a little bit and be like, you know what? Okay. Like, I feel like we have this under control. It gives it the confidence of, of the leader gives confidence to the, the congregation and everyone else that's listening. I hundred percent agree. Yeah. And we celebrate that type of man, right? We celebrate mm-hmm. that type of man in film, a mm-hmm. man who takes initiative and who serves with a greater purpose than self. Mm-hmm. who serves to a greater purpose than self. That's the key there. And mm-hmm. even in film, we celebrate people like this. We celebrate, I mean, some of the best dude movies, right? 
talk about this. You talk about Braveheart. You could talk about Gladiator. You talk about Last of the Mohicans. You talk about whatever, whatever mm. type of we were soldiers. These these type of epic manly films. It's because they're serving a purpose greater than themselves, and you see men stepping up to lead and take initiative. Mm-hmm. And I think at at the end of the day, that's what that's what we need to do. Like I said, that's what this podcast is about. It's about helping a man to grow in the areas that needs to grow because when, you know, just as, as Jim Ramos says, and somebody who I've been interviewed by, and I've, you know, I've had him on the show when a man gets it, everybody wins. That's what Jim says in his mm-hmm. movement. In the like that. And that's just, everybody wins. Everybody wins in the realm of humanity around a masculine man mm-hmm. who gets it and who takes initiative. Mm-hmm. Well, Mitch, this has been a fantastic conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I've really enjoyed this. It's been helpful. I know that you're uh, just by what you've shared. It's just going to inspire men to go out and do the things that God wants him to do and give God the glory for it. So mm-hmm. is there any lasting things you'd like to say before we wrap? Uh, I mean, I just want to encourage all the men out there. It's kind of all the stuff that I've been saying as well, too. And that's why it, it all comes down to the simplicity of having a personal relationship with Jesus. That's, that's all everything, you know, comes down to is that sometimes, I mean, many times as men, we get carried away in wanting to do things and, and accomplish things in our life and accomplish our mission. And we put our mission before who called us in the first place. So it's understanding like, that your priority needs to be a relationship with the father relationship with Jesus on a personal day, because it's the last thing that any of us want is to be, you know, standing before Jesus one day. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. Mm-hmm. Like, do, are you just like living the life of God? Like, oh, I go to church. Oh, you know, I even read the Bible and stuff, but no, but do you have a relationship with God? Like this every single day, this isn't like, you know, you take the Bible off the shelf on Sunday and you dust it off, whatever, then you put it back up afterwards. And then you live you know, like hell Monday through Saturday, whatever. Like mm-hmm. it has to be, you can't just like do stuff passively and, you know, call yourself a, a Christian. And so I feel like it really, a lot of that boils down to like, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Do you actually know him? Are you, are you praying to him throughout the day? You don't have to sit there for an hour or two or day in straight prayer, but it's like, am I praying consistently throughout the day? As I'm like, I'm, you know, as soon as I get in my car, I'm like, I'm driving down the driveway and I'm just like, God, and I start to thank him for a few things that come to my mind every single day. It could be something brand new every single day. You know, it's getting in the habit of those daily action items because if you want to change like your future and start to step into those things it happens in the the day-to-day it's like you have to change your habits first and the rest of those things will start to change and then you if you feel any type of anxiety towards anything like the first question i will ask any man especially the clients that come work with me if they're dealing with anxiety or any type of depression or anything in that realm is how much time do you spend in prayer Hmm. it's like that's it's it's been a fix for me and for many other men is like if you spend time with the lord every single day you you watch how that stuff starts to alleviate and it's like when you spend time with the lord you start to get confident in what he's called you to do and guess what happens next action mm-hmm. action comes next and we all know if you've been in the entrepreneurial world action alleviates anxiety like and but it's like we know that the lord is the center of that so if they so if your day is centered around the, the lord and having that personal relationship with jesus everything else will fall into place 100%. Well said. I could not agree more. That was great. We at Men of Iron, we we are trying to change a culture one man at a time. And Mitch, you have helped us to move forward with our vision. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for instilling all your wisdom 
and just blessings to you. I know that God has his hand on you. He's doing incredible things. We can't wait to see what else it is that God has for you. And we'll probably have you back on the show whenever he does it. Uh, I appreciate you, Chad. This, um, it's been a really big blessing for me as well. So I appreciate it. Thank you. This Men of Iron podcast is brought to you by Men of Iron. If you're interested in getting involved in or supporting the vision of changing a culture one man at a time, or you simply want to know more about our Strong 27 mentorship experience, equilibrium retreats, Anchored Man video series, or Men of Iron Plus, go to menofiron.org.